We have new mock drafts to discuss. What are some of the ACC prospects out there? David Walker helps us discuss some of those guys. And then we'll look at some of the adjustments Charlotte can make tonight against Cleveland. All today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube, where you can see me, you can see Doug, a part of his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com, and you can see David Walker, the god of Gotham. My favorite one so far. That's my Thank favorite. You. There's a lot Thank of good you. ones, Doug, but that, that one's a it. Good one. um, it. Does that mean I am a disciple of Gotham now since I just pulled off my first sneakers win? <laughs> Wow, right at the top of the show. Yeah, just gonna work out. I thought you were gonna work it in at some point in the show. I didn't know right off the top you were gonna brag about your little sneaker get. Yeah, what, what do you Good mean work you. it in? No, we're, you know, we're, we're breaking open Big the door. Get. I'm pushing the door in. Well, you know, we're getting uh, absolutely we're gonna work that in. So, yes, big shout to David for embracing my love of sneakers, which has been a love for about a month <laughs> now. And then I've purchased <laughs> a few pair. Um, we, we got our first sneakers win with the Jordan three white yeah, cements. Did, They're on the way. I, I got that submission in 30 seconds within the drop and couldn't have done it without David. We all wear these shoes as one as a show together. Thank you. Hey, you much. guys, I'll just say, Absolutely. I'll just say, I got a sneaker win too. Hold on a second. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's see what this right. is. I went boys. to, uh, I went to amazon.com. I don't oh, know if you guys have wow. ever heard of it. And if you're watching yeah. on YouTube, I'll show you, I got this, uh, red Adidas cloud foam, uh, one okay. uh, skate shoe. Okay, I got them for forty three dollars. You guys are suckers. That's oh yeah, uh, Run DMC would be proud of those, Doug. So those are actually a lot more hip than the Jordan White cement. You know, it got. wasn't a lottery. I literally I clicked buy and they mm -hmm. took my money. It was amazing. You guys are yeah, you guys are suckers. that's old no. school right there. Rahan, thanks for contributing <laughs> to the beast of Amazon. We contributed to Nike, which is totally better. All right, Shout let's go Bezos. to the ACC prospect list, but not before we actually get to some of the mock drafts, because just as much as I want to talk about my favorite thing at the top of the show, Doug has in the rundown his favorite thing to discuss right at the top of the show. Multiple mock drafts does he have for us today? So why don't you uh, bring us the first one? What do you want to show us first? All right, the first one's going to come from a, an old friend, Jonathan Gavoni, now at ESPN. He's got his latest mock draft dated March 9th, 2023. He has the Charlotte Hornets in the four slot, selecting Amin Thompson from Overtime Elite. Yeah. Brandon Miller goes third. And then, of course, Victor and Scoot leading the way at 1-2. So Amin drops to four. And then Asar, his twin brother, going to the Magic at five, just so uh, you know. And then if I scroll down in the 29th slot, Charlotte Hornets, that pick they got from Denver uh, in exchange for the Duran trade last season, they get Derek Whitehead out of Duke. All right, that's the first mock draft. Second mock draft is going to come from the ringer, Kevin O'Connor, releasing his latest also on March 9th. Now, they did this one a little bit differently. They shuffled the order until the lottery so uh, the Hornets, the uh, the unfortunate team here that drops from four to six. Oh, nice. So in the sixth slot, the Charlotte Hornets select Osar Thompson. So they get the other Thompson twin in this draft. And then in the 20, scrolling, 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 29th slot, they get Terquavion Smith. So in both of those late <laughs> slots, they picked ACC players. Kevin O'Connor and Gavoni did. 
Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. The Thompson twins, you know, we've talked about them a little bit. We'll continue to talk about them before we get to the draft, but how about the ACC prospects, David Walker, a Tar Heel fan watching a lot of ACC basketball. What would you say about the Hornets selecting Derek Whitehead as well as Terquavion Smith? What are your thoughts on both of those guys? Yeah, I've tried to black out most of the Carolina season. Uh, that includes the <laughs> ACC this year. But, you know, shout out to Farmville Central, uh, to Cravion Smith, the graduate of there, along with uh, my, my folks. They went to Farmville Central. Um, I like his game. I mean, it's super streaky. Uh, he's one of those guys, just talking purely NCAA tournament over the next couple of weeks, he's a guy that you could see like getting super hot in a weekend and leading his team on, on a fun um a fun weekend of, of sprints of games, but uh, a little, maybe too streaky Walker. I mean, I, I know that you were saying you, you really liked him last year. Maybe he fell in love a little bit too much with those, you know, 35 foot threes this year, uh, about what about 33% from three for Traquavion this year, but you know, had some, had certainly had some highs um, is, is kind of an interesting prospect. What about six, four, something like that. So six, four. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're gambling there that he can just be like a, a microwave kind of scorer off the bench, it feels like. Uh, but but certainly an intriguing guy uh, with the local ties that always seems to have something, that always seems it's something that uh, the right. mock drafts come back to with the Hornets. Well, and, and Terquavion specifically, so last year, I was a little surprised that he went back to NC State just because mm. he seemed to be the only guy that went back to school that was also on the rise on draft boards. Now, you know, talking with Kevin Keats afterwards, I, I don't necessarily think that was the case. I got to speak with him at ACC Media Day. So I, I was kind of surprised about that, hearing that maybe he wasn't rising up draft boards. It's one of those things where maybe draft Twitter liked him more than NBA actually did, the actual teams that are choosing from this pool. And so he goes back, but now he might have even fallen a little bit further because this draft is a lot deeper and man, you're so right about the streakiness. So in the first round of the ACC tournament or the quarterfinal, but the first game NC State played, he was 11 of 13. So an amazing game scoring 30 points. But before that, he was on a two of nine, three yeah. of 15, five of 14, five of 16, five of 16 streak. The game before that shot 50%, scored 17 points. But man, there have been some like really awful shooting nights for Traquavion. Real athletic. He's six four, but he's only one sixty five. So yeah, very, very tiny, but really athletic and a lot of fun. And so that's just kind of the thing on Terquavion. We can move on to Derek Whitehead in a second. But Doug, you got thoughts on Terquavion? I just feel like Terquavion is the exact kind of player the Hornets don't need to draft. It's the exact like kind full. of player they're the Hornets have on. drafted, yeah. yeah, multiple times, and they've either. They've either worked out and they're getting minutes right now, or most of the time they don't work out. This team needs defense. I think there are options. There's a guy that's a little bit shorter. He's injured now, unfortunately. I don't know how much time he's going to get in the tournament. But Marcus Sasser had a Houston shorter but larger Sasser. wingspan and seems seems to be better rated as a defender. Uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. out of Illinois uh, I think would be a, a better defensive prospect. Andre Jackson Jr. out of UConn. I mean, I want, that's the thing with this late pick – I really think they should value uh, just a ball hawk on defense. That's what I want to see them value mm, in that three and slot. Did, did they have Joyner slotted anywhere there, Doug? I'm just curious. And Walker, you know, Joyner's uh, Smith's teammate there at NC State. He's had a pretty good year as well. Yeah, he's been I'm awesome. not sure how he – yeah. So did they have him anywhere near there, Doug? Do you see scrolling, him? Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I'm not seeing – nope, he is he's not older, in this top yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. 
but but no, he had a great season. Last thing on Traquavion, real quickly. If you believe on the three point, uh, believe in the three point shot, last year might be your piece of evidence for that. He did shoot thirty seven percent. Now the free throw shooting, that's right, just a tick under seventy each of the last two seasons. So pretty identical there. But shot well on high volume, thirty seven percent from three on eight attempts per game. This year it dropped to thirty three. And you have to think the finishing at the rim. I haven't looked at those numbers, but if he's shooting under forty overall. And he he just can't be finishing at the rim or inside the three-point arc very well. So, yeah, th- those are just the last few numbers I'll say about Trey D- Doesn't that really feel like a book night, you know, copy almost? I mean, I don't want to paint him with that brush necessarily before he's even played in this tournament or gotten into any well, pre-draft camps. But that's your that's your fear, I think, with the smooth right. traffic. Right. Well, in the NBA, James has been awful at finishing at the rim. In college, that was by far his biggest strength, was getting to the rim and finishing once he got there. And so in, for Traquavion, I don't I haven't looked at the numbers, to be fair, but the two point percentage, it, it's not very good. Um, did we see enough of Dariq Whitehead? Did we see no. enough good games for you to be like, <laughs> yes, that, that's a good late first round pick as well? Well, uh, from this standpoint, you know, uh, in those picks, I don't mind going after a guy who was like highly rated out of high school. And so like you could take your pick of the Duke guys really if you wanted to there. But no, I mean, I haven't seen him play like the games that I logged on to see Duke. He was either injured or 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 like it was a fouling machine. Right. He didn't play much. I don't think he didn't play any, I believe, in the first Carolina game. And then I think he got four or five quick fouls in the second one. So. Um, I don't know how much he's had an impact on that Duke team. I mean, Filipowski has been the man uh, for Duke yeah. over there, but but Whitehead certainly rated out well. So I mean, if you're going to take a swing on some of those late round picks, um, you know, I guess you could do worse there. But I just don't. There's too much unknown there for me as far as what he's going to be in the next level. Well, he had a good game against Miami in the ACC tournament that really helped Duke kind of solidify that win against the Canes. It was an awesome matchup. He had 16 points. It was the third time he scored 16 or more this season. He had 18 against Boston College on January 7th. But really, it was that Miami game, just when you kind of put into effect the opponent, the the meaning of the game that helped them win that ACC tournament overall and him shooting well he the, the three point shot is there at least right now three and a half attempts per game over forty percent you got to like that Doug is there anything you have on Derek Whitehead uh, just that on Kevin O'Connor's big board he compares him to a steady Lance Stevenson uh, I don't know enough what does that mean That's- yeah <laughs> wait why does that intrigue me and and I need to be yeah I need to be pushed off of that here like that's what we wanted from Lance Stevenson to be steady, mm. except he's not, he's anything but steady as Lance. Born steady. God that's a great calling card. I mean, that's how you should market yourself right there. I mean, that's, that's a way to get drafted. Yeah. Born steady is great by you, Doug. I did want to Thank let you. that shine just a little <laughs> bit. Um, but with, uh, with Derek Whitehead, I know you also talked a little bit about Filipowski before we move on that, that he's been good. And, yeah. and even talk about just getting better at the end of the season. Maybe Whitehead did a little bit. But Filipowski certainly did. And he was even good at the very beginning, right? Probably had like that little middle of the season. Uh, there was a little bit of a uh, uh, a drop off, but then he picked it right back up. Pretty mobile from the yeah. top of the key, you know, seven foot. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Filipowski is very good. Yeah, uh, he reminds me of like, you know, he had a little hands bro in him, I thought, when he was especially when he was trying to go down inside, maybe a, a, a more athletic, a, a little bit taller. Uh, but also like like a Plumley with a three point shot, Doug. Does that do anything for you? Uh, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
But no, maybe I, it's I, I, haven't, I, haven't really, I haven't really dug right, deep right, right. into Filipowski yet, but it could. It could. Yeah, it could, it could intrigue me. Mason Plumlee. Um, well, just to, I mean, the, the last four games of the season for him were awesome. So 22 points, 22, 17, 20. Those are the outings he had. Seven of 17 against Carolina, eight of 10 against Pitt, eight of nine against Miami, eight of 17 against Virginia. So, yeah, he finished the season very strong. And so we'll see what he does in the tournament. <laughs> the, these comparisons by KOC are great. This is for Filipowski. It's John Collins without the elite hops. Well, which is again uh i don't know that that's right. what you want but here's the thing i don't know if filipowski can be this but the hornets could use a five who can shoot threes like if you're a five that can shoot threes whether they get them in free agency or the draft you, you could probably get immediate playing time on this team because they don't have the ability to play five out really at all without some huge negatives on the defensive end of the floor um one thing the, the koc draft guide can we get back to the player hater comps? Because they're always losing. I'm working on them now. now. I'm already working on them. Perfect. Because we, we did it a while back. They were fantastic. And then it's like, oh, wait, do you want to do them? Sure. Yeah. Uh, we just never get back to them. I, I want to. I we've been doing a better job at delivering on those things. Let's deliver on the player hater comps. I would love cool. to do that. And those are always great. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on. Talk the actual players that are in Hornets uniforms as it stands right now. Coming up next on Lockdown Hornets. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Talk a little bit about the difference here against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Some injury news. You'll have to stay tuned, though, to find out what that injury news is. This episode is brought to you by Ibotta Groceries, School Shopping. And if you're getting a little something for yourself, you know you're already doing it. So why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Watching your closet grow after purchasing all of the season's latest trends. How about also watching your cash back grow with each per uh, purchase with Ibotta? You can get cash back on every single shopping trip you take. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items with produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta users earns 20, uh, excuse me, 120, not just 20, $120 a year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving as well. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, Ibotta in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. More Locked on Hornets coming up next. So the Charlotte Hornets have the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. They lost the first matchup, 114-108. They had the 16-point lead. We already kind of went over that game, but we did not hear from David on that matchup. So they go 0 of 2, no Mark Williams, no Kelly Oubre in the most recent game here, David. Just what are some of your thoughts on the uh, recent games you watched the Charlotte Hornets play? Yeah, I watched them in person, guys. was in the building Whoa. for that Cavs game, a little matinee, Sunday matinee action, Nothing which like is it. always fun. Uh, well, I mean, the big thing, you know, Clifford hit on after the game was obviously the horrible officiating. That was my favorite part of uh, Clifford's breakdown. And uh, no, but I mean, the turnovers, right? Uh, Doug, you mentioned it in your in your recap there. Uh, Terry just really struggling with some of the ball handling duties late in that one and, and just had way too many turnovers 
to let Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs kind of get back into it. But I mean, I think you have to be really proud, <laughs> honestly, of how they played in that game. I know you guys went over it a little bit, but that's mm-hmm. what you want. And that's what I told uh that's what I told my oldest walking out of that game. And I've already tuned him in. He he's he's done what he doesn't he wants no more wins. I've already tuned him in to, to the reality of what's <laughs> wow, going on. Wow, take it. You've turned him into a tank and he's done. <laughs> oh, he's running mock drafts just all the time. As soon as he can oh, tell Oh yeah, him, my guy. Um uh but but you want competitiveness you want a big you want mm-hmm. that big lead and then you want it to kind of you know slip away and you well, want if it does it does i don't know if you want it i don't know if you really want it but right. if it does if it happens if it to happens, walk out happens. the door then fine yeah i, I might want it i, I might i yeah, might yeah. <laughs> slip a little bit well and not anymore right because we talked about it we might have to remind people as the lottery approaches but the hornets are cemented right i mean the the orlando magic with their win the Hornets yeah. with their couple of losses, it would be insane for the Hornets to be able to catch That's Orlando and true. lose anything outside of the 12 and a half percent shot that they have to, you know, uh, have the fourth best odds in the lottery. What are you looking at, Doug? A lot of this podcast is Doug giving reactions either to me or his screen and then me trying to figure out wow. what those reactions are. What you got for us, Doug? Don't flatter yourself. I'm not paying attention to you at all. I'm- I know. I was Googling to see if uh, there had been any news about Clifford being fined for those post-game con- uh, uh, comments about the officiating. Now, he was very careful in the way he worded things, and I'm not seeing any fine levied yet. But it was the most critical we've heard Clifford be of the officiating, was not a fan he challenged a, a call late, and, and that challenge was unsuccessful. It was on a uh, Terry Rozier challenge of, I believe, a Garland shot. Yeah. And it looked like to me on that play, they thought that Terry got him on the arm up mm-hmm. top. and then, So that's what they called. And then they challenged, and then Clifford challenged it. They go to the booth. They see, they see that there was no contact. But then after the shot was already released – uh, Terry got into his hip a little bit. And so they were like, well, that original thing that we thought we saw, that doesn't exist. So we're going to call this other thing to make up for it. It was kind of BS. There were a couple of horse hockey calls in the game. So I, I do agree with Clifford, but it was interesting to finally see him go out there. And then real quick, I want to throw in on the Rozier eight turnovers. You're already getting comments from Clifford delivered via the Rod Boone Express in the Charlotte Observer on on Terry Rozier being a warrior. And this is a storyline we've seen all season. LaMelo hurt, Terry playing out of position, being forced to play point guard, makes a bunch of mistakes, but then the team defends him and, and gives all of these excuses for Terry about he's playing out of position, so on and so forth, but he's a really good player. And I, I just think it's really interesting. I would like to see this team get to a place where when a player is injured, they don't have to play another player so far out of position. Mm-hmm. This is where the playmaking depth really kills them. They play a player so far out of position that they have to go out of their way to defend him when he has eight turnovers. Well, and think yeah. about such a steep drop-off with LaMelo. I mean, nobody, yeah. nobody's going to be LaMelo. It, it's, it, oh, we just need somebody else that can pass and is 6'8 and can see at all angles. We just need something <laughs> like that's not going to happen. But still, the drop-off is crazy from one playmaker that you have on this squad to just nobody else at that particular position. And that that's why it would make a lot of sense for them to go out on the veteran free agent market and get somebody that could be a backup point guard. You know, and, and Dennis Smith Jr., right? Like, I do think 
I, I was interested in James Plowright put out some cleaning the glass numbers on him being the primary ball handler and the numbers for their offense were absolutely atrocious. And that did like some of the stats back up the eye test and some don't. And I did not expect the offense to be that awful with him as the primary ball handler. And I guess I think about it in terms of watching him facilitate. He's a, he's a good passer, right? We, we see him as a good dish guy. But we also know that his offense, particularly, unless he's driving to the rack, not really helping you. We've seen quite a bit of bad shooting nights from Dennis Smith Jr., and I wonder how much that hurts as well with him at the one. So it's weird, right? Like, I I like Dennis Smith Jr. as a backup point guard, as somebody that can play alongside LaMelo, but the numbers are, are atrocious with him being that lead guy. Okay, but isn't context important here? Like, you know, he's not he he's not been starting with the the better sure. players on this team. He's been ball mm-hmm. handling for the bench, which has been there's nobody to pass to. This no, bench has I been think, terrible. Just well, just the context too. If I can look back at James's tweet, but I think it was like with some of the starters there. I don't think it was with the bench. I think it was him with Kelly Oubre, with Gordon Hayward, some of the starters with him as the primary ball handler. I think that's where the numbers were. Not only they weren't, you know, 30 percentile, they were like 10, five. It was, it was atrocious. So yeah, that's not something that really fit, you know, but we'll, we'll see what happens with Dennis Smith Jr. Um, well, all right, yeah, last thing, if, if you're asking to make sense of a, a, a mock draft with uh Tricravian Smith or something like that, I mean, that's what you're talking about right now, right? They're still trying to find any, someone, anyone they can have on this roster. They could potentially be, you know, a stop gap at the point guard position, a younger guy. They've tried that book night is obviously not the answer. So still searching for that. And it can, uh, it can result in, you know, things like this that we're seeing now, but you're right, Doug, it's just hard for Terry. It, it feels like we've been searching for that since way before LaMelo, since Kimball Walker days of, of a backup point guard need, you know what I mean? So just something they're still looking for. Are you telling me that Brian Roberts is not walking through that door? Oh, my God. That's a no. great Gennaro, pull. Gennaro Pargo not walking through that door. <laughs> oh, Jeremy Lynn not walking through that door. Don't get us started. We will go all day. Um, real quickly, injury update. Mark Williams still out. Kelly Oubre, do expect him back tonight. David, what does that mean mm. to you that you'll see Kelly Oubre chucking up shots, but also we don't have yeah, offense, baby. so it's totally fine. Absolutely. I mean, I I was disappointed Ubre wasn't playing in that game. You know, I I tend to think it's fun, especially this late stage of the season when, uh, like you said, everything is locked in. Let Ubre let Poppy cook. I mean, you know what I mean. That's what the people want to see. So I I look forward to having that back. It'll be interesting to see how that balances with uh, you know how competitive the Hornets were in that first one, uh, because Kelly does like to get his shots up. And uh, I applaud him for it. But, yeah, I mean, that's just another uh, – look, the Hornets need all the help they can get, uh, especially from a scoring standpoint. So if he can add some in there, uh, you know, they could maybe sneak one out uh, in in, uh, in, in Charlotte. Are we playing in Charlotte tonight, guys? Yep. Again, yes, there we go, in, in Charlotte. Charlotte once more. Yeah, what do you think about Kelly coming back, Doug? Uh, they need. I mean, they need offense. You know, I mean, that's it's it's been a struggle to score. So especially late game, you saw the execution was was not exactly Oof. there. Uh, Clifford mentioned uh, Kelly's absence in relation to that. Uh, Kelly does make good plays at the end of the games typically, uh, and is another another you know shooting option for them. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's going to make them better. <clears throat> I still, I just, I think it, it's tough to really get your head around any kind of numbers for DSJ versus Terry at the point guard position uh, when everything has been so terrible 
and they haven't had any consistency mm. in terms of the guys that they're playing with. But I, I do think that defensively to get games started, I mean, you saw it against Cleveland in that last game. They were able to really hamper a lot of what Cleveland wanted to do, and a big part of that was the harassment of DSJ that you don't get when you put Terry oh, yeah. Rozier next to Kelly Oubre. Oh, yeah. I expect them to start Kelly Oubre, but I'd love to see DSJ uh, get the start. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, let's continue that conversation real quickly, and then we'll discuss uh, some of more of uh, David Walker's expertise. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We'll uh, pay attention to who David is watching this first weekend of the NCAA tournament. I do want to discuss more of the backup point guard position and discuss just how important that is going forward. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is a great way to get involved in the last little stretch that you have of this NBA season because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores threes drained all of that good stuff plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go FanDuel.com slash locked on that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. One more segment to go. Lockdown Hornets. So, Doug, just to finish up the conversation about the backup point guard spot, do you think Dennis Smith Jr. should be that guy, right? Like, here we are talking about the big drop-off that you have to Terry and how much, how difficult it is and how Terry is a warrior and all that. I We have talked about this at nauseum this season. Players playing out of their usual role, which is not an, it, which is certainly not going to be a fantastic environment for them to improve as basketball players because there's do, they're doing these things that you normally wouldn't have them do. But Dennis Smith Jr. is when he goes out there, like he mm-hmm. he's a guy that I don't know if his role has really changed all that much at all this season. You know, go out there and defend your bleep off, go out there and facilitate. He's not shooting so many threes. I, I you don't want him to completely abandon the three point line because you want him to be even have a semi pulse out there, but, but he's still attacking offensively. Are you saying you would want Dennis Smith jr. Maybe to be that backup point guard and bring him back. Oh, totally. I mean, I, I've said it before on this show that I think that if they don't offer him a competitive contract that, that could secure him on this roster moving forward, then they don't want to win. Now, if, if DSJ decides, Hey, Hey, thanks for allowing me to get back into the league. I'm going to go somewhere else. Uh, and and make more money or whatever, I, I guess. I mean, that's that's up to him. But I think the Hornets should offer something competitive enough that it makes sense for him to stay because, you know, his defense is exactly what this team needs, his physicality. I think it's going to leak into other players, especially young players that watch his effort out there night in and night out. Uh, I think it's super important. Well, yeah, and I, I know we both won Dennis Smith Jr. back. I guess offensively, too, is do, do we want to go after somebody else that we feel is a good passer in the backcourt and you know that it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do and how good they feel about Dennis Smith Jr. offensively or maybe they attack it in the draft David the NCAA tournament it's my favorite time of year is this your favorite sporting event of the year usually yeah is it North Carolina missing <laughs> out is usually the way <laughs> Usually, yeah, it doesn't yeah. hold the same, quite the same, but that's all right, guys. It's still, yeah, it's still super fun. 
uh, Thursday, Friday are awesome. You know, just wall to wall hoops. So that's, that, that's fantastic. Absolutely. Doug, are you, do you have your eye on any guys? I mean, are, have you been, you, you don't usually tune in until maybe the, the conference attorneys get cranking up. Yeah, I think the one player that I'll have my eye on is a player that the Hornets would probably target if they fall in the draft. And I don't mean to be too negative here, but you always oh have to prepare for those scenarios. It'd be Keontae George out of Baylor. Uh-huh. I I want to see him perform in a big game. I think that's been a little bit of a knock on him. People can see the talent. People uh, can see all of the positives in his game, and there aren't a ton of negatives. But he has shrunk in a few big games this season, um, including in that conference tournament. So I want to see him in this NCAA tournament really step up and have a big game. What about you, David? Anybody you watching in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament? If you can't watch North Carolina, what team are you going to be paying yeah, attention to? Literally can't. They're they're not on TV anywhere. No. Um, NIT, CBI, no thing. NOT. <laughs> they said NOT to the NIT. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, Brandon Miller and I've watched him a couple of times this season, uh, probably I think is the guy that would be like the first up after Scoot and, and Victor. Right. I mean, now if the Hornets were in that position, uh, there's a lot obviously that goes into his situation. And so what that would look like for them is, is up for debate and up for discussion if that was the lineup like that, but he's really, really good. Uh, I think the two guys at Arkansas are interesting as well at black and Smith, I believe, um, you know, uh, they've got a lot of good players there. I think, uh, Jalen Wilson is someone that I have actually watched from Kansas. If you're talking about that late first round pick, you know, he's maybe a guy that could be there for the Hornets. Um, a, a, a legit score at Kansas this year has led that team obviously has some, um, remindings of uh, Agbaji, I guess, just because of the Kansas connection and, and a guy that went back in to have a good season uh in college again this year but i was gonna say george as well uh doug there you know he's an interesting guy you want to see play on the big stage um you know maybe a chris murray um whose brother was drafted uh see how he does in the in these in these playoffs or in the uh, tournament here um, I'm just trying to think of some of the guys that would maybe be in the latter portion of that first round. Walker, well, how, about Jairus, how about Jairus Walker? Um, That's what I was going to go. Well, not only he won't be in the latter portions of the first round, but Jairus Walker is going to be featured even more if Sasser um, is unable yeah. to go. So, yeah, Walker, you're, you're interested in a little Jairus Walker. I am, and absolutely. There is room for two walkers in town. Jairus would be mad welcome here, as far as I'm concerned. If you look at what he did, three, yeah, 13 three. points the last couple of games. Um, did not have a great one against Memphis, though, and that's what bounced them from the conference tournament. So Memphis, actually, they get in the NCAA tournament by automatically qualifying one of the only three losses that Houston had all year. But just a really interesting player. So he'll shoot threes. He'll block a ton of shots as well. He grabs a decent amount of rebounds. Just beefy boy. Yeah, just contributes in a lot of different areas. And so I wonder, is is there any opportunity for Jairus Walker to take over? Is that even a part of his game where he just is going to be the 20-point guy? He's given you a few 20-point games this season, but it's been a while. The last one we saw, it was February 5th. So it's been over a month now since we've seen that. So big game. Uh, tagline for Keontae kind of copy and pasting that to Jairus Walker as well against some really good competition because that's one thing about Houston they have not faced a, a bunch of teams in the top 25 this year that helps them only lose three games so what does Jairus Walker do 
assuming they get out of the first round and they beat the 16 seed, what can they do on in, the, in those next three games when they're facing you know some big time competition? Uh, agreed there. And going back to David's comments on Brandon Miller. I'm not going to put any bad juju on him. I don't want to say, like, mm-hmm. I, I hope he has a bad tournament. I'm not going to say that. But I hope he has a tepid tournament, and here's why. I believe in Brandon Miller if the Hornets are selecting three. I believe in Brandon yeah. Miller especially if the Hornets are selecting four and he's still there and somebody goes yeah. on in Thompson three. Yeah. But I want, if they get the, the two pick, I want it to be Scoot. Scoot already has one oh, of my yeah, draft yeah, roses. Yeah. And I'm afraid, here's what I'm afraid of, is that Brandon Miller scorches through this NCAA tournament and Michael Jordan is watching on the television and goes, <laughs> let me get that guy instead of Scoot. Does it, you know, falls in love with the tourney hero. Because I think Brandon Miller is going to be a really, really good player. But I think Scoot is going to be a great player. Like to me, it's it's almost a guarantee. So I don't I don't want to think I don't want anything to get in the way of Scoot at two if that's Ooh, what the Hornets. I like. love this angle. I, I love this. This is classic Doug here. I hadn't even uh, taken that in consideration. Well, that, yeah, and Scoot. I mean, he's he's already got an NBA body. Like he's he's actually ready to go. Hottie with a body today. <laughs> well, I, the thing is that this is coming <laughs> off of the heels of Woj discussing how he has. Don't say NBA. heels. Don't say heels. You're triggering David. I mean, oh, tell me, come on, man. This is coming on the heels, the Tar Heels, maybe ah. even, um, of Woj saying that the number two pick is wide open right now. That people oh, are starting on. to. That's the uh, smoke. Yeah. The smoke is already starting. Oh, Woj yeah, getting in there, Big mucking time. it up. Uh, they reference Who's his he lack working of for? playmaking in the G League, <laughs> and they reference his lack of a three-point shot in the G League. Oh, now we're referencing these things. That's we've that's we've, we've yep. slotted him with, yep. for an entire year. He's been the second pick. That's right. Now, that's Don't right worry about now. it. We just talked about Jay Hernandez, Bruce Kreitzer, get Scoot in there. They'll figure out how to shoot. Don't worry about Huge. it. Huge, yes. I completely agree with that. Come on, Scoot. If it's not Wimby, come on, Scoot. I'm with you on that number two overall pick. All right, that's the god of Gotham. I am a disciple. That is David Walker joining us this week he makes his weekly appearance and we appreciate amazon it. 43 dollars. i got away with a nice pair of sneakers that Feel is good on my feet that's a very frugal doug branson you can catch his frugal sub stack every hornet's box score frugalfootcandy.com check it out <laughs> yeah he's going to be launching all of those all the websites go check out all the doug websites we appreciate you making us your first listen every single day now make sure your second listen is game to game nba every moment every time top performance every result locked on game to game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only locked on can deliver follow game to game on locked on nba available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcast have a great rest of your day we'll be back with you tomorrow 